0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. Just like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide, I'll do everything in my power as the President of the United States to encourage people to do the right thing federal government should step in and issue mandates, and if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? Well, I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. Um, that is the role that institutions, private sector entities, uh, and others may take. That certainly is appropriate. Also, local communities uh, are going to take uh, steps they need to take. So here's the thing. We are We cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. That
1: is a short version of the list of people tied to the Biden administration who said absolutely no mask. And I'm sorry, no vaccine mandates for months and months and months. Now they changed their mind. And indeed, in an incredibly annoying speech yesterday, uh, Biden has said anybody who works for a company that with more than 100 employees, for some reason, has to get vaccinated or tested once a week.
2: So that is really interesting, and I haven't seen any reporting on that yet. I assume there will be at some point on what made them change their mind. What went from Nancy Pelosi saying, look, we can't mandate vaccines to something very close to a national mandate of vaccines. Um, What made them change their mind? Now, we'll play some clips. I can tell you what my theory is on the speech from yesterday, and I don't think it was about trying to convince people to get the vaccination.
1: Yeah, why don't we play a handful of clips first and then uh, Jack's analysis, which I have come to believe is absolutely spot on. Uh, Well, let's just just start with uh, the basics, uh, 25.
0: I'm announcing that the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week.
1: So in what Chief of Staff Ron McLean called a workaround, working around the Constitution, what they're doing is instituting an emergency OSHA rule, which is supposed to happen only when workers are in grave danger. You've got, A, a vaccine if you want it, and B, if you don't, There's a 99.999% chance you're going to survive the vid, and it's entirely up to you. That's a grave emergency. How so? Anyway, rolling on.
0: How about clip 20? This is not about freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting yourself and those around you, the people you work with, the people you care about, the people you love.
1: Boy, anytime somebody says this is not about freedom or personal choice, it's absolutely about freedom and personal choice, and they're taking it from you. Uh, a little more, let's see. Oh, yeah, God, this is so good. Here's where uh, our president, the great uniter, uh, explains how you should be angry at the unvaccinated. Twenty
0: second piece of my plan is continuing to protect the vaccinated. For the vast majority of you, who've gotten vaccinated. I understand your anger at those who haven't gotten vaccinated. So he, he, he
1: may... and then Go ahead. then the one one more we got to play 23.
0: You've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. So please do the right thing.
2: So all it was was a lecture to people who haven't got vaccinated about how wrong they are and how much danger they've put people in and I really understand the
1: anger of how angry we are. Yes.
2: So there's no way that speech was written to try to convince unvaccinated people to get vaccinated. That's not the way you would approach it at all. I think what happened is that Joe Biden's uh, approval rating took a huge hit out of Afghanistan. He's suffering on the covid numbers, too, which had really had been his bedrock. You know, he could count on getting 60 percent. Those have trailed off a lot, too. And he was in trouble. Uh, Even, you know, your MSNBCs and CNNs and Washington Posts were attacking him over to the Afghanistan thing, and they're saying, whoa, whoa, wait a second, the people on our side are attacking us? We need to get back to the whole other side bad, our side good thing. So he comes out and gives a lecture yesterday that got everybody all raw-rod back up for their own side. I watched the cable news channels last night, your CNNs and MSNBCs. were all right back to the look at the stupid Republicans, the stupid Republican governors, the stupid Republican voters who refuse to get vaccinated and have these. And so he just, he re-wedged America. He re-wedged it. He re-put us it back into our camps. And I think that was the whole point.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. On NBC, Sahil Kapoor tweeted, in some, Biden is done saying pretty please on vaccines. He's calling out unvaccinated people and blaming those who stoke vaccine rejection for America's current predicament, etc. Uh, Matthew Miller on MSNBC, enjoying the angry dad vibes from this Biden speech. He is turning the damn car around. <laughs> well, Chris yeah. Jansing on MSNBC.
2: But see, Biden, ch-
1: ch- Go ahead. Since
2: we're not children, though, are they unvaccinated or not kids? They don't care if you turn the car around. Look, I got my own car. Hey, Dad, let me out here. I'll go get my own car and drive where I want to. That whole dad vibe is not going to work. There's not a chance. I'll be. I'd be shocked if there was one unvaccinated person in the country that heard that speech and thought, oh, okay, I'm going to get vaccinated now." It's possible you would get. You, a lot of you will get vaccinated if your company says you have to, rather than quit your job. I believe that. But in terms of, uh-oh, he's mad, he's disappointed in me. He's had it now. True international pressure. Yeah. There's not one human being in America that was going to go out and get vaccinated based on that speech. So there's no way that was the intent. Michael,
1: you cannot possibly overplay those clips, <laughs> by the way. MSNBC senior correspondent Chris Jansen tweeted, Biden channels the thoughts of millions of vaccinated Americans when he says to the unvaccinated, our patience is wearing thin. Ding!
2: Ding! That's what he was doing. He was channeling the feelings of the people on his side to get that whole our side against their side thing going again. He'd lost that through the Afghanistan debacle. It got all mushed up. People on his side were mad at him. No, that's no good. we got to get back to the, that side's dumb and evil. Our side is good and righteous. And that's the whole point of the speech yesterday.
1: Yeah, they tried to uh, really leverage the Texas abortion thing that that that, everybody was hot and bothered for about a cup of coffee. But then they realized that their own side was divided between whether you're allowed to say the word woman or not. So, yeah, they got together in their uh, unholy uh, cabal meeting and said, all right, what's a good tribal issue? What can we really flog? Well, vaccines are hot, sir, and went with it. Never mind all of the black folks, and many of them are Democrats, who don't want the vaccine. But, you know, what was that? Oh, do you still have that quote that I thought was so fantastic? Damned if you do, damned if you don't, that quote? No, it's a different one. It's a different one. I think you read it earlier. It
2: has to do with the true audience of the speech. Uh, By the way, CNN's Jeffrey Tubin, immediately after the speech. He's a law professor type guy, you know. uh, He said, it's unclear if the new Biden vaccine mandate will hold up in court. I don't know if they have the authority. Well, as we all know, so many of these things anymore are not about whether you can actually do them or not. Does it please your side or not? That's that's what everybody does. Uh, let me find the quote for you real quick. Um, oh, that's that's a good one, folks. Well worth waiting for. Well, you might have to wait too long. So I thumb through all my notes from the Oh, Jennifer Lawrence is pregnant. Did I mention that? Yeah, I mentioned that. <laughs> Keep thumbing. <laughs> That's Um, not the quote either. The primary constituency served by a federal vaccine mandate is affluent, vengeful neurotics whose sense of comfort depends on the government coercing their perceived cultural inferiors into compliance.
1: It is the same college-educated, suburban white women who believe they should control the way everybody lives, and, and they are fully, fully on the woke train. And this is just another aspect of it. We need to coerce our inferiors into living and thinking and speaking the way we say.
2: Well, does do, does Biden's approval rating go up with Democrats after yesterday's speech or down? Absolutely goes up. Beyond a doubt, for the reasons we were just saying, Democrats say, oh, good, he's finally lecturing those Neanderthals. Good. That's what it was all about.
1: Yeah, yeah, indeed. And there are quite a few governors of uh, republican states or republican governors I should say who have come out immediately and saying uh, said our legal teams are already in action, we're going to sue, we're going to stop this, this which, is never going to happen.
2: Which the Biden White House is saying, "Awesome, let's get back to Democrat versus Republican, blue versus red, me versus them, good versus evil. That's what we want."
1: And what's even better, Is when we lose, we can say, look, we tried as hard as we could to do the right thing and control the idiots. But the evil, evil Supreme Court shot us down again.
2: The Trump Supreme Court.
1: Damn it. Brett Kavanaugh took a a break from raping high school girls long enough to strike down this this benevolent and, and, and wise measure that we've tried to institute. Wow.
2: I liked this tweet yesterday. So DeSantis in Florida is an authoritarian for telling companies they can't make their employees get vaccinated. But Biden is a hero for telling companies they must get it. That is an interesting uh, switcheroo on who's the authoritarian and who's not. Uh, and Buck Sexton, who we uh, share a couple of radio stations with, said uh, tweeted out yesterday, not a single word from Joe Biden about the naturally inquired immunity which the latest data shows is more durable than the vaccine and an estimated 100 million Americans already have. There's no scientific justification for the omission of this. It's dishonest. They don't
1: care. And it is always, always, always omitted. You know, I realize asking for a politician to have principles makes me sound like a six-year-old. But (laughs) does anybody have any at this point? The media? Uh, the politicos anybody good lord they will say and do anything
2: anybody actually willing to quit their job rather than get the vaccine of course as we point out you don't have to get the vaccine you can just agree to get swabbed once a week does that bother you are you as bothered by getting swabbed as you are as getting jabbed it's an insertion you know, they're inserting I, something in you at work i don't know which I, really you ought to give your consent generally for. throughout my
1: life i've not liked it if bosses stick something in me <laughs> oh, and 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 one more aspect well i'm sorry in answer to your question it's it's no big deal to get your nose swabbed but if you have natural immunity and nobody ever recognizes that talks about it includes that in the discussion that swabbing would be really insulting and and angering every single week well and who's swabbing me jim from accounting i mean who who does it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, maybe you have to self-swab. I don't know. I don't know how it works either. Uh, text line four one five two nine five kftc
0: Armstrong and Getty. Some business news. Today, Burger King made a big announcement that they're removing 120 artificial ingredients
2: from their food. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now the Whopper is officially just a pickle slice. Oh. <laughs> That's the Whopper. That's the Whopper. That's the whole Whopper. Yeah, I had a Whopper pretty recently. My son's kind of into Whoppers. And uh, it doesn't taste like a hamburger either. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do to your hamburger at home that makes it taste anything like a Whopper.
1: How are there even 120 artificial
2: ingredients? Makes you stop and, and scream, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, no
1: kidding. Man, i got to start doing push-ups during the commercials or something. I'm getting fat. <laughs> anyway.
2: And the answer right. to that problem is push-ups during the commercials. <laughs> well,
1: I, gotta, I, actually, I eat pretty well these days. I do not. I just think it's... It's an age thing. I don't know. I just, I got to cut back further and burn more calories. I, I only, anyway,
2: I only eat five and a half hours a day. I'm an intermittent faster. And that's the best diet I've ever come across in my life. It's, it's, I'm sticking with it. It's been the most helpful, but I do not eat well during that five and a half hours where I do eat. Mm. It's like,
1: are you still losing weight at all? Or are you just
2: kind of yeah, maintaining yeah, it? Yeah. Slowly. It's very slow, yeah. but it's going the right direction. Yeah.
1: But man, it's slow and steady. It's, that's good. as
2: soon as it hits one thirty. okay, here we go. Where's the closest Mm -hmm.
1: Burger King? Keep your hands and feet near to you. (laughs) Because the mighty lion consumes them. So a couple of things I want to get to that are are kind of COVID tangential. But um, Jack made the point earlier that the woke left is so crazy. It's kind of a good thing because people are slowly but surely catching on that. Wait a minute. There's a hell of a difference between racism and like anti-racism. Those words don't mean what I thought they did. Um, and they're eating themselves. It's it's kind of a race to see whether the woke left is more dangerous or more ridiculous um, because they are definitely dangerous. But it's hilarious. Cute little uh, prime minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. He's uh, he's been trailed by anti-vaccine mandate protesters uh, during his uh, campaign or whatever he's doing. Um, so it's so it's it, not just a Trump thing at all. Oh no, not at all. The
2: anti-vaccine
1: stuff. No, and, and they're having anti-shutdown, anti-mandate uh, protests all across Europe, in uh, Australia. Um, and in contrast to what our idiot president, that was unkind. That you know what? That was disrespectful. Calling Joe Biden an idiot. He's not an idiot, he's senile. Anyway, um, in contrast to what he said, it absolutely is about freedom and, and, and but personal choice.
2: But the reason I said that is the, the media portrays it as either it's Trump voters or Fox viewers that are, you know, misled by their 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 moronic leaders into this. And it's happening all over the world. People that think, hey, I don't want the government making me do this.
1: Right, right, so anyway, here's what Justin Trudeau said. Yes, <clears throat> yes, there is a small fringe element in this country that is angry that doesn't believe in science oh, that is lashing out with racist misogynist attacks. <laughs> wait a minute, number one, you're a dude, apparently, not you know more or less. What do you mean racist misogynist attacks, <laughs> racist against whom, and again, you're barely but clearly a dude. <laughs> So just, it's such a knee-jerk position for them to, to play that card. I mean, that's yeah. hilariously inappropriate in this case. Uh, and then the other note I wanted to throw at you, and it has to do, uh, with in hour four yesterday. And if you ever miss an hour of the show, just go to Armstrongandgetty.com and get, to, get it via podcast, the Armstrong and Getty on demand podcast. But anyway, we were talking, I think it was during hour four yesterday about a piece in the Atlantic I'd seen that compared like the, the poor water quality of yesteryear to our poor Inside air quality these days, and that the next, um, the next frontier is ventilation. We can get rid of or avoid so many diseases with better ventilation of buildings. It was pretty interesting. And I'm afraid we're running out of time now, but at least we'll touch on it briefly. One of the things this rather long article covers is that in the 2000s, especially, there's been this fight in science against people who think. Disease is transmitted through tiny aerosol droplets that stay in the air for a very long time. And people who don't, and the people who don't have been trying to shut down the research of the pro-aerosol people. Science is not neutral, at least not all the time. It is not even-handed. It is not fair. It's full of clicks and trends and and hot topics that you get lots of funding for. Uh, More on that to come.
2: That's really interesting.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Uh, Whole Foods will open two stores without cashiers. That story again starting next year. Groceries will be free at two Whole Foods locations. (laughs) Foods that made the call after they couldn't find a cashier who could keep a straight face while ringing up a nine dollar (laughs) apple.
1: Yeah, sure, it's organic. Yeah, that's a funny joke. Yeah, the first joke, man. Second one, nice, hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. So, uh, to continue the discussion from the last segment. You know what, Hanson, that weird noise I just made as I was trying to figure out how to start the sentence, you got to isolate that and use it to mock me. I mean, it's me being mocked, but as a fan of humor, it's too good to pass up. It was an interesting noise. (laughs) It really was. Anyway, so as we were discussing in the last segment... I think a lot of us and and politicians who bark at us try to portray science as this incredibly pure, pure-hearted, objective, honest quest for the the truth. And and the truth is, it's not at all. It, there are disputes in science like Two sides of a particular issue that will be at war. And to those of us outside that field, it seems idiotic or, or just nonsensical. Um, but within those fields, I mean, people like have hatreds of people who are trying to prove the other side. And, and it's all about getting grants. And, and Jack, I know you know something about this, that it gets incredibly political.
2: Yeah. I had a buddy who actually did this for a living for a nonprofit organization that, uh, uh, it wasn't scientific, but I, I know for a fact that it works exactly the same way is all about getting grants. Keeping funded is what you all do. And you all live from grant to grant to grant of uh, being able to just even stay solvent. And so you hit up various individual rich people or organizations or whatever for money and you explain to them what they're doing and you know what they're into. You know what they're interested in and what they're likely to fund and what they wouldn't fund. And if they seem to be interested in, you know, this about climate change or this about abortion or whatever, you hit them up for it and say, how this is how much we're on board with you. And you write it up and they send you a check, and I know because this is the way it was where he worked, when they would get the okay be like, Hey, we got one. She's in for another two million dollars, they'll be like, Woohoo! We get to stay open for another three months. And it was just right. and so we gotta fulfill whatever their wish is the 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 person who granted the money and keep going it had nothing to do with now we've got enough money to do some independent
1: research and see if we're headed down the right track not that at all and to put a fine point on it you know what result you're supposed to come now, up with of course with. you do yeah yeah so this is so interesting it's in the middle of a very long atlantic piece but i can i uh, repeat myself um about how ventilation is the next big uh uh you know realm of inquiry for for human sanitation to avoid disease. they talked about how we've made water supplies much cleaner. We no longer have sewers in the same pipes as our water supply. yeah, they used to in england and and the ancient world anyway um sanitation's gotten so much better, and the next uh, frontier is ventilation so anyway, about halfway through this article, they get into how in science there's this war between the big droplet belief in the, for the transmission of disease and the aerosol side of the equation. Like I said before, it seems absurd to the rest of us. Why would you pick a side? Why would you, like, be angry at somebody who disagrees and fight and try to get them, you know, unfunded? That's the world of science. Anyway, at the University of Maryland, they write, Donald Milton, one of the few longtime airborne transmission researchers, is about to embark on a multi-year controlled trial aimed at understanding influenza. Flu patients and healthy participants will share a room in the study. They describe how it's going to work. The trial is meant to prove which inter- intervention works the best and thus which transmission route is dominant when milton had managed to get funding for a different aerosol study in the 2000s he said a major public health official told him we're funding you to put the nail in the coffin of the idea that aerosols are important all right we'll find out which direction the nail nail is being driven here said the scientist so there's this war going on. Well, there's a little more. A virus that lingers in the air is an uncomfortable and inconvenient revelation. Scientists who'd pushed the WHO to recognize airborne transmission of COVID-19 last year told me they were baffled by the resistance they encountered. But they could see why their ideas were unwelcome. In those early days when masks were scarce, admitting that a virus was airborne, men admitting that our antivirus measures were not very effective. We want to feel we're in control. And then he goes into some detail. So aerosol virus experts were told to pound sand by the WHO last year, even as they presented strong evidence, because that was not the uh, the doctrine that the WHO went with. We're going to follow the science my ass. The WHO took until July of 2020 to acknowledge that the coronavirus could spread through aerosols in the air. Even now, says this other scientist, many public health guidelines are stuck in a pre-airborne world. That's incredible. I love this shot, this scientist in Australia. People are wearing face masks to walk down the street, then taking them off as soon as they sit down at a restaurant, which is operating at full capacity. It's like some kind of medieval ritual, she says, with no regard for how the virus actually spreads. In restaurants, there's no ventilation, she adds, which she knows because she's the type of scientist who takes an air quality meter to the restaurant. And so these scientists are calling for a paradigm shift around indoor air. Aerosols are a real thing, the tiny droplets that linger and float and float and float. But they're, they're meeting resistance. Well, so strange.
2: We all knew intuitively that it was stupid that we had to leave our mask on to walk to the table, but got to take it off when we sat down at the table next to another table of unmasked people. We all knew that was stupid.
1: Um, well, and in July of last year, I knew, and you knew, and a lot of people knew, oh, all this incessant hand-washing and and, uh, and putting the, uh, what do you call it, the disinfectant on our hands, it's an aerosol. It's an airborne disease. It, 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 but the WHO wouldn't admit it for the longest time. It's unbelievable. We're going to follow the science. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: If there is one thing that could come out of this, and whether it's so you're either talking about global warming or... Or the pandemic, or whatever it is, whatever issue it is, I just I wish everybody would come to the conclusion: there's no such thing as the science, and let's just get away from that term, that thinking completely.
1: Right. It's politics. It's it's
2: power. Um, I wanted to break on time because I want to do this whole thing about if Larry Elder were a Democrat, but I just came across this as this is important for today's dues. We vowed, would vowed. We vowed we're going to break on time. David French. Um, who is a lawyer and uh, and a great legal thinker, long Twitter thread about what Joe Biden proposed yesterday. Is it constitutional? And I'll uh, sum it up for you um, with this. it It is unlikely that this is going to get stopped in the courts because of the complex nature of running it through OSHA and the scant... Uh, um, precedent around this sort of thing and the fact that congress is not willing to step in and challenge anything presidents do congress ceding all their power to presidents over the recent years it is likely that joe biden can do this hmm. and will be able to do it yeah so that's the long and short if you want more details you know i could bring them to you next hour or look it up on twitter or whatever
1: But um, much like the science the law doesn't exist there are different opinions absolutely and absolutely we'll
2: guy named Larry Elder is running for governor of California. Black guy. He got treated very poorly in Los Angeles the other day. You probably didn't hear about it. It barely made the news. If he were a Democrat, it would have been the only story in America. That explanation next.
1: <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.
0: I do know that the L.A. County Sheriff, Alex Villanueva, said uh, that it was a hate crime. uh, And uh, you know, if I had been a Democrat, can you imagine what would have happened? Uh, It would have been talked about in Bangladesh. They would have called it an example of systemic racism. Uh, But uh, because I have an R at the end of my name, the story did not get nearly the kind of coverage I think it otherwise would have gotten. Under this governor, 20,000 convicted felons were released early. Maybe the person uh, that threw that uh, thing at me was one of them.
2: Uh he does have an R at the end of his name, Larry Elder. That's not what he meant R as in uh Republican at the end of his name. Right. Oh That's, yeah, kind of confusing. <laughs> yeah, there. confused me there somewhat. That's Larry Elder who um if Gavin Newsom is recalled in California as the governor, Larry Elder it looks like is going to be the next governor. So, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go through this piece in the Wall Street Journal and we'll fill in some of the holes as we go along. This was written by James Freeman. If Elder were a Democrat, without double standards, would the U.S. media have any standards at all? We live in an age of career cancellations over politically incorrect language and perceived microaggressions. And then there's Larry Elder, about whom one is allowed to say almost anything and even attempt to physically assault without much fear of media condemnation. Kyle Smith writes at National Review... According to our nation's media leaders, it's not a story that a white person wearing a gorilla mask attacked Larry Elder, a black man, seeking to become the first non-white governor of California by hurling an egg that touched his head. And, you know, the key is that hurled something, hurled an object at him, which almost hit him in the head. When it turns out to be an egg, you can think, oh,
1: no big deal. But you don't know if it's a chunk of cement or what the heck it is. Well, and the gal went to beating on uh, various parts of his entourage, too. It turned into a full-on fistfight.
2: Most media folk have ignored this week's disturbing event. Partial credit goes to the Los Angeles Times for acknowledging the incident, though it was a little shy in announcing the news. Larry Elder cuts short Venice homeless encampment tour after hostile confrontation, said a Times headline. A reader might have initially wondered whether Mr. Elder or someone else was being hostile, or perhaps both. We just looked at the picture... That accompanies the L.A. Times tweet about that very incident, uh, in which this is the Los Angeles Times tweet. It says, LAPD is investigating altercation involving Larry Elder at Venice Homeless Encampment. He's walking along. A white person in a gorilla mask throws something at him and then starts fighting some of his uh, staff. The picture they run is a picture of Larry Elder who, for some reason, has got his hands on a white woman. But that's not the altercation at all. That's got nothing
1: to do with it. L.A. Times, you are now professional liars. I remember when you were a vaunted newspaper and deserved your reputation. They're making it look like a
2: black man is attacking a white woman. I mean, that's what you'd, you'd take from this picture. You'd think, oh, my gosh, Larry Elder attacked a woman incredibly wrong is that for the L.A. Times to do that? In the current age we, we live in. Well, anyway, I'll read more from the Wall Street Journal because they make the point better than I do. Because they're, they're smarter than me and fancier than me. Um, here's how Julia Wick of the L.A. Times begins the story. Larry Elder's scheduled tour of homeless encampments in Venice ended shortly after it began Wednesday morning, with the leading Republican in the gubernatorial recall race hastily exiting in an SUV after being angrily confronted by a group of homeless and advocates. Elder, who had arrived in his new Recall Express campaign bus shortly after casting his ballot at a voting center, spent roughly 12 minutes in the neighborhood, with his departure hastened by what appeared to be an egg thrown in the candidate's direction and a physical assault on his staff. It kind of glanced his head, an elder campaign staffer said of the object. No harm, no foul, says the Wall Street Journal. Then the L.A. Times adds, a woman in a gorilla mask riding a bicycle through the small white object past Elder's head, as seen in the video. Uh, the woman appeared to be white, Elder's black, and ape characterizations have been used as a racist trope for centuries. The Times ca- account goes on to note people screaming profanities at Elder, but concludes with an account of his subsequent visit to the deli in Northridge. The candidate spent about five minutes in the restaurant before climbing back aboard his campaign bus. The candidate and his entourage departed Northridge with a stack of paper plates and some to-go sandwiches. Well, what else was there to report on a day when nothing much happens? Says the Wall Street Journal. So they, wow. so they they just gloss over the attacking his staff, gorilla mask, all that sort of stuff, and immediately go right into he got some sandwiches. If the L.A. Times quickly became bored with this story, most media folk entirely ignored it, and not because news consumers wouldn't find it interesting. Video of Larry Elder being egged by a woman in gorilla mask was viewed three and a half million times the day the video came out. The appalling treatment of Mr. Elder was not a capital crime, uh, but Mr. Smith at National Review correctly notes the double standard. If Elder were a Democrat... The attack would not only be front-page news, it would be just about the only news you were hearing about today on CNN and MSNBC. Charles Blow and Perry Bacon and Janelle Bowie would each be writing the first in a series of angry columns about it. So would Gail Collins, Jonathan Capehart, Jennifer Rubin, Michelle Goldberg, Paul Krugman, Maureen Dowd, Dana Milbank, and Erza Klein would be treated to multiple news analysis about the history of the usage of guerrilla tropes against blacks. Joy Ann Reed at MSNBC and Rachel Maddow and Don Lemon would be doing hour-long broadcasts on the attack, convening panels discussing just how the attack pulls the scab off racism in America and proves we have so much work left to do in dealing with the problem. Vox would commission a series about California's grim history of racism dating back to the Chinese Exclusion Act. And Asian American and Latino writers would hasten to explain that California's history of hostility to all sorts of people of color is as traditional as its Tournament of Roses parade. 3,000 word essays about the brutal unknown history of lynchings in the Golden State would be published in the Atlantic and or the New Yorker. Al Sharpton would be exhibiting a combination of exhaustion and despondency and and would be a guest on half a dozen cable TV news shows. The woman who threw the egg at Elder would find her picture, her name, and everything she'd ever said on social media scrutinized at great length and on the home pages of the leading news sites. Her appearances would be mocked by late night comedians. But the libertarian Mr. Elder is the one being subjected to mockery and worse by media outlets like the L.A. Times. Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy. You've been warned, says the L.A. Says the LA Times. And now today, running a picture, making it look like he attacked a woman, when the opposite is what happened.
1: You know, the whole hate crime thing is way overblown. Absolutely. A lot of crimes are are, are just crimes, and and you can't read people's minds. Um, But this is some pure, hundred-proof, twice-distilled proof that all of the outrage is not about outrage. It's about gaining power. It's selective outrage when it serves their purposes. Here is a perfect test case, and they have garnered a, an F with their reaction. An F. They are liars, and they are cheats, and their feigned outrage is as fake as their teeth.
2: And that wasn't uh, hyperbolic at all, I don't think. All of those examples of what would have happened in cable news, and the New York Times, and the Atlantic stuff, absolutely is true. That's exactly what happened if you'd had a white woman in a gorilla mask throw something and attack the staff of a black Democrat candidate.
1: Right. Right, and the candidate himself. I loved what L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva said. He uh, he said this was a hate crime, and he added that woke privilege. Oh, I love that term. Woke privilege is what enabled the woman to attack Elder, and called out woke politicians for not showing the same outrage they would have if Elder was a liberal. He tweeted, "Woke privilege means a white woman can wear a gorilla mask and attack a black man without fear of being called a racist."
2: So, do do people buy into people on the left? In media, buying into that whole Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy thing.
1: Either that, or they're just liars who fake outrage, or or they just they're they're outrage. How would I say this? They're uh, angry when convenient. By the way, that and only then the picture. And I'll put it
2: on Twitter. We'll put it on the website. This picture that the L.A. Times ran of it looking like Larry Elder is trying to attack a woman. And then with the headline, you think, oh, my God, that must be what happened. He was it was going in for a hug. So we just got confirmation of that from the woman herself. She says he's going in for a hug. And then they took the picture right there. And so that's what it looks like. That's not the woman that had anything to do with it. The gorilla mask, the throwing the eggs, anything like that.
1: Hey, Steve Lopez of the L.A. Times, you're a smart guy, a really good columnist. I don't always agree with you, but your, your opinions are always well considered. What do you think of this story? You want to jot down a few words, I'd love to read them, or if you'd love to talk about it, because there are some honorable people at the LA Times, but this is inexcusable. I mean, this is horrible.
2: It really is. It really is. I fear for our ability to to get past this, that we're just, we just, every day, it seems like we take another giant step down the road of their side evil, my side good, and anything goes, there are no longer any standards, as long as it you know, uh, as long as it's a shot at the other side, I'm okay with it.
1: Right, yeah. Well, next time somebody says a mild criticism of a black Democrat and is called a racist, remember Larry Elder. And also remember, if you ever miss a chunk of the show, you can grab it via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com.
2: That's a good reminder right there. Or buy that sleeveless T-shirt that I modeled on the Twitter. We sold oh, yeah. one Guns out, day.
1: Guns out, man. One? So far we've sold hundred. One, One no, just
2: a single one, and probably ironically. Oh. Oh, boy. Armstrong and Getty.